0: Let's go. Woo! Woo! Let's go. G'day guys, welcome to the next episode of Two Red Chairs, I'm Frank from G'day Design Life, today I am joined by Ryan Haywood from Pitchproof, he's in Melbourne. Aussie designer, extraordinaire, some might say as well, uh, because he's garnered a huge, huge audience on his uh, Instagram page, Pitchproof, um, as well as his own page too, um, which is amazing. Um, but he's recently done a, an amazing digital conference, which we'll get into very soon. So first, I'm going to introduce Ryan. How you doing, mate?
1: Good. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, yeah, I'm super, super lo- looking forward to dropping some value to your community.
0: Let's go, let's go um okay, I think we should probably first uh, debrief on your on your front row now front row was yeah. your digital conference you had uh, thirteen designers or those kinds of you know people in the design community um, on this was it YouTube stream that's what you did
1: yeah, yep. Yep. So basically, yeah, we had around 13 uh, design influencers. So people like Chris Stowe, Michael Janda, Melinda Livesley, just a bunch of awesome people. And it, that idea of the conference basically extended. And I've got even got the original audio um, of me speaking to my Instagram live going, hey, what would be super cool is just to get all these influencers and put them in the same room and do this big like live stream. And then from that kind of like branded onto like a digital conference. Um, and yeah, that was kind of just like the starting point. And then about three months later on October 4th, we made it happen. Um, we had about 3,500 people um, join the actual live stream, which was awesome. Mm. Uh, but obviously because of time zones and whatnot, being here in Australia and most people being overseas and like in Australia, as you know, it's really crappy for time zones. Oh, yeah. We did it oh, yeah. about like uh, 10 p.m. to about 3 a.m. in the morning. So, you know, I was kind of, I was kind of struggling by the end. Um, yeah, see, got... I
0: was asleep at that time. Like, I I, didn't, I caught the first half of it with the first three people you had yeah. and then I was like, no, nah, I'm bowing out. I can't keep my eyes awake for the rest of this. Well, so. actually, um,
1: Shane, the bloke you had on the first episode of um, this podcast, he stayed oh, up yeah, for the yeah. entire and he sent me, a, like, a photo of him playing in bed at, like, 3 a.m. I'm like, dude, you insane.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's one of those designers that does stay up to 3 a.m. still. Like, I remember doing that when I was yeah. at uni and I was just like, trying to do this to stay awake and you're just like, oh my God. Um, But that's awesome, dude. So if we go back to it, let's say out of 10, what was your uh, stress level of doing something like that? Like it seemed like there was so many different moving parts um, globally and locally from where you were set up. So talk us through maybe how um, it all came together technically and and then how you were just absolutely coping with that um pressure or just to, to get it done and, and nailed
1: yeah well i guess there was a lot of things especially because like at pitch we're a very small team so mostly it's just me we've got a cto who it basically just does all the software um side of things um but we did bring on a couple of people for this project um but a lot of the groundwork was actually done by me you know scheduling all the times um and figuring it all out um luckily um a good friend of mine who helped with all the live streaming and that back end stuff. Um, Without him, we would have been screwed because Mm. there was a lot of problem solving um, that had to be done. Even on the day, um, I was kind of like panicking a little bit a few hours before because everything was like going wrong for us. The weather was really crappy and we had to get all this gear from like a car in a car park like a couple of kilometers away into a nice office in Melbourne, Australia. Um, So a lot of things went wrong on the day, but it all seemed to kind of like together in the end which was super nice and just like the end product was super smooth and something that I was super happy with
0: yeah I mean it it looked so slick I was very impressed with with what you had as your setup and I was like is is Ryan going to do it out of his home sort of office thing or is this going to be something else I'm like I'm just thinking geez man you better have the best internet connection possible (laughs) to handle this yeah um but in terms of that sort of technical side Was it always a case that you were going to have to get someone else to to do this in the way that you had it in your head? Or, you know, was it just, you know, cause and effect of someone going, hey, we could probably actually help you with this?
1: Yeah. So when I, like, first thought of the idea and when I said, okay, let's make this actually happen, I didn't just want to use a webinar software. You know, I've seen people do that in the past. Um, I did a webinar... uh, earlier in the year and using a different webinar software i just didn't like the overall experience is a little bit just the interface and everything it just wasn't the greatest um so i wanted to make it clean and just just like this high production type of thing for the community um so basically from that point forward i did a lot of research um and then obviously a mate of mine who um knows a lot about streaming and things of that nature and broadcasting. Um, I'm like saying, Hey, um, do you want to help me with this project? And luckily, (laughs) you know, yes. Um, so we worked together fairly closely and, um, yeah, there was a lot of problem solving things that we had to go through, especially with like zoom, um, the video conferencing app, um, figuring out a lot of things there, um, and actually making it like, we had like multiple cameras set up for me. There was a set, separate camera um, for the zoom call that could see me and a separate camera for the stream and different audios. And it was, it, it was insane. The setup we had it's nuts, and the problem huh? solving it. But, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm lucky we had the time that we did it. If I wanted to pull it off in a month, I couldn't do it. So,
0: yeah. And that's probably a, a big thing of, you know, preparation prevents piss poor performance like you know you've got to have all your ducks in a row to get yeah. something like this done otherwise you get everyone's gonna go well this sucked like
1: <laughs> everything kind of like got scheduled down to like five minute blocks and like yeah, yeah good. it was, it was just very detail oriented
0: and then in terms of your um outreach to these 13 um amazing people like how how does that work in terms of Um, A viewed is it just a case of going hey would you want to come on this i'm thinking of doing this you know yeah basically like
1: even like people like um christo so how i go on to chris i hustled to get him so i connected with him on linkedin sent him a message there i even emailed him dm'd him on instagram just to make sure i could actually like try my best to actually get to him um he replied via email and went yes i'm in let's do it um and i think we were fortunate enough because at the time Chris was already following us on Instagram. So he kind of, um, already knew about us. And I think that's yep. the same with all the other influencers. You know, we already had that connection made, um, for a lot of people like Connor Fowler and bless on Varghese. We've been working with them, with them for, from the start of pitch proof. Um, yep. so that connection was already made. Um, and then there's obviously people like Michael Jenner and Brandon gross who we reached out to. Um, and they already knew about us and we already knew about them. Um, because of the Instagram community that we've built, yeah,
0: yeah, and that, I think that's probably the big, big part for you is that you've built this like overnight. Like, and this is the, the amazing thing for that I've seen you go through in the space of uh, like, what eight or nine months now. So I think it was like back in March you went started going real gung ho with with posting stuff um, consistently and daily and all that kind of stuff, and it's just like I've just seen like the the meteoric rise conversely at the same time i was doing the exact same thing so i was like at, the, at a sort of level level playing field and then you just yeah. went whoosh and i was like whoa <laughs> Um, and I think that's a huge part to do with the, the community that is um, designers on Instagram, which yeah. is like if you're a designer and you're not on Instagram, like you're living under a rock kind of yeah. thing to yeah. open yourself out to, to this design community. And I think that's probably like the pitfall of what I chose in terms of my content was <laughs> making it for, for businesses instead of designers just to have the you know crazy following. But for you, I think it, it hinges on obviously pitch proof. So your software that that um, is catered towards a designer. So... I think that where I'm going with this is that if you have, if you're a designer and you are thinking, okay, do I just have to work with clients for the rest of my life as a designer? I think you're a case in point to say, no, you don't have to. You could go out there and make a product or make some sort of service for your own um, fellow designers. And, you know, obviously it's paying off big time for you, but can you sort of explain how you thought that this might be a better way to, to go? rather than doing the whole typical client-oriented approach that many would do? Yep. I think it's tough. I
1: Honestly, how we started Pitchproof was simply because I had a problem and I wanted to solve a solution. So it kind of just grew naturally, I guess, into what it is. And look, we didn't expect to grow a community or anything like that. But I guess I like working with people. And I, I, really, I really enjoy working with lots of people at once and building that community. And like, I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I would. Um, when I first started the Use Pitchproof Instagram account, you know, I, I, we got like a hundred followers in a few days. I'm like, yo, that's really cool. But mm. I didn't expect it to grow into what it is now. And I didn't expect to put as much time as I have into it and just, yeah, love building a community in that process. So I think to answer your question, I I still like working with clients. I still think that's a fun thing to do for me. And I do still do a little bit of freelance on the side. But I feel like it's something that everyone does and I don't like to do the norm. I like to do something different and I'll, I like to spread my creativity as much as possible. And when you work with clients, there's obviously limitations. You have to deal with briefs and you can't just create things that you want to always just create and i'm fortunate enough with pitch proofs that the things i want to create for the design community other designers want um so yeah they go hand in hand very well yeah yeah
0: nice i mean i'm I'm of a very similar opinion to to diversify your creativity is something that you just have the opportunity to do it's whether or not you have the time and the interest to do it that's the the, you know the caveat to it but uh, i think it's such a, a great example of how you can not be pigeonholed, or not think that you're pigeonholed into into just doing um, design work for clients. Like you mean you could be giving back to your fellow community the same way that you do with what I what I call edutainment. I'm not sure what the way that you would describe it, um, but to to see what you've learned and then give back in that way, I think is you know momentous in terms of how you can either grow your standing or just for your own like internal. Um, Happiness to to see other people take away something um, that that has helped you beneficially. Um, And so I guess what, uh, without me monologuing even more, uh, what was the kind of tipping point that you realised where this was something a bit bigger than what you thought it was going to be, like in terms of that Instagram following? Like was it when you got to like 2,000 followers, you're like, okay, people are paying attention to this. This is, you know, interesting now. Um, I
1: think it was at the stage when someone contacted me for a sponsorship where I went, Hey, this can be something bigger than just something mm. I want to do for fun on the side.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: When yep. I think it was around, could have been May, June type of thing. When we got contacted by someone and went, Hey, we really like your stuff. Would you be interested in partnering us, partnering with us to do a sponsorship opportunity? And like, I said, yes, obviously, because I like their brand and everything like that. But it was kind of at that stage where I'm like, we probably had around 30, 30 40,000 followers at the time. Mm. And it was kind of like, okay, there's some serious traction going on here that brands want to start partnering with us. And at that stage, that's kind of like, that's kind of like the tipping point where you go, okay, you can actually make money from this.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, I, th- I think that's the thing that opportunities when opportunities present themselves, um, it's, you know, how you handle them. Um, I just wonder though, is is it something that you think that people go into it maybe for the wrong reasons? Like I think yeah. that's a big thing with Instagram, let's say, where the the vanity metrics, let's say, of of likes and, and comments or shares or, or even the follower count, is something that's dictating someone's interest in doing edutainment or putting their stuff out there. Um like I, I can see that you're of a completely different vein because you just you're all into the whole, you know, Gary vee stuff giving value, giving yeah. value, which I think we're both of the same opinion. Um and we you know, I think we're two big nerd burgers with Gary V content, but um you know what's what's your take on, on people that just sort of aren't quite getting it? Like there's a tipping there was a tipping point for me, let's say, where I was just like, okay, I'm not making this for me it's for somebody else. But in the same respect, like if I'm not enjoying this, then I'm just doing it for the followers and it just becomes yeah. a job and you just like stuff this. Yeah, for sure. So
1: I think social media is very transparent um, and it's very obvious if you're just doing it for the likes and the followers. And, you know, I get DMs every single day going, hey, Ryan, how do I increase my followers? How do I get my likes? And my big worry with all this edutainment going around on Instagram and the carousel posts is that people are just doing it because they perform really, really well. Uh, And that's why I'm like cross-sighted about it because on the one thing, like these type of posts, you know, people are trying to jam as much value as they can because that's what performs well. But on the flip side of that, I feel there are a lot of people who are just doing it because they want the followers and the likes. But I say this all the time, you know, if you want followers or likes, you're not going to get followers or likes. Like doesn't doesn't work that way, does it? (laughs) It's one hundred percent, and people don't wrap their head around it, uh, uh, and it confuses the hell uh, hell out of me. Why? But I just think it's simple. If your intentions are right from the beginning, you've got a better chance of growing than someone who is just in it for the followers or likes.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's a very wise bit of advice. Um, Like, I think the way like even for how I've started this G'day design life. Like the intention was just always, this is the stuff that I wanted to see when I was yeah. wanting to start my business. Like, and that's it. Like if someone else comes along and says, yeah, that's exactly what I've been looking for. You go, well, <laughs> job done. Like that's amazing. But if it falls on deaf ears, so be it. I've, all I've done there is just document um, what my, you know, what I wanted to see, let's say this time two years ago, which I couldn't find for the life of me. Um <laughs> And I'm so annoyed that right now is when like everything's just blown up. I'm like, oh, I would have been so much more prepared <laughs> two years ago. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's definitely wise. But having said that, though, when you've got a significant following, let's say if it's ten thousand plus, which is a very decent following, yeah. um, is there? Do you feel that kind of pressure to to perform or to to put something that is of quality and it always needs to be better or it needs to be of equal or better
1: not overly because especially if you stay genuine to your followers and you're very transparent to your followers mm-hmm. people will back you either way people are following you per yeah. such not so much the content mm-hmm. um and it's a little bit different when you've got a brand account like pitch proof where it is very content focused but the way i've kind of like branded that um is as me as me as a personal brand um mm-hmm. so i think even if a content doesn't perform as well as it does as long as i as the creator am happy with it yeah like you shouldn't worry about it
0: yeah yeah no i think that's yeah. i think that's definitely a good way of going about it i think it's one thing to I, i'm just sort of wondering with a lot of people that will put it stuff out that they'll feel the pressure to put stuff out like i think that's a bit one thing one caveat to to creating content that you want people to see yeah. You need to, especially with Instagram, you need to be doing it consistently. So there's there's certain aspects of let's say Instagram where you you need to post, you know, daily, multiple times as best you can if if you can, or if you are aren't doing it daily, you need to do it, you know, throughout the week fairly, you know, consistently so people show up and you appear and, and that's whole this all of this algorithm crap. So. Uh, uh, my sort of thing with a lot of people that go, oh, like how how do I build this organic traction and everything? And, and you kind of go, well, you do it. For me, I just do it for the love of it. I just really enjoyed yeah. this stuff personally. Yeah. Um, but for having to put it out daily, like is coming up ide- coming up with ideas for you a, a bit of a hard task. Like for me, some days it's just like absolutely pulling teeth. Going, what the hell can I talk about today? Yeah. Um, is it ever a similar thing for you?
1: Yeah, well, more often than not, i um, will yeah. like to admit normally the posts that we create, I've created literally 10 minutes before they go live. So
0: normally
1: I like to put out a post about 10 p.m. here in Australia. Um, and literally sometimes I don't start working on a post at 9 p.m. because I literally just can't think of something to post. But I know that I really want to post something. Um, yeah. But then again, there's times where it's like you just need to take a step back not worry about posting that day for example last night we didn't post simply because i didn't have a piece of content prepared (laughs) Um, but for example today i've got like three four different content ideas i want to do um so it's just a day-by-day thing i just think don't put too much pressure on you to create every single day um even even though that's the algorithm and you need to try to play to that and post consistently every single day you you don't want to wear yourself out and you don't want to wear your creativity out it's very
0: true I mean when that's the thing when you start out doing this stuff you're like okay I've got all these million ideas they potentially dry up but then you think to yourself what do I do next like I've got to a thousand followers let's say yes. and then you go well how the hell am I going to get to 10 how am I going to get to 70 where you are like what needs to happen and everyone just goes freaks out and you're just like, I, I can't do this. And and then d- doubt sets in and then your imposter syndrome kicks in and then all these silly little things that go on in our heads. Um, for you at those early stages, let's say, was any of that a factor in, in putting out that stuff that you were just like, is this worth it? Like, is this going to do anything for my business being pitch proof? Um, or was it just in your head a long game Play and you just thought, you know, stuff, I'm just going to put it out there and see what happens. I think it's
1: more so the fact that I know that social media can be beneficial for your business and that I believe that. Hmm. And that whether you have 500 followers or 5,000 followers or 50,000 followers, it doesn't matter. Still, having a social media presence is a positive thing for a business. Um and like that's the thing, there's that much benchmarking going on to so the accounts that's got two hundred thousand followers, a million followers, fifty fifty thousand followers, mm. and they and because of that, people don't value their three hundred followers or five hundred followers. But if you think about it, if you're doing a speech or something like that and you're sitting in front of three hundred, five hundred people, like that's a
0: lot of people. Like, exactly. Be- Holy hell. I was talking about this with Tom Ross the other day. I think it was only just yesterday, to be honest, not the other yeah. day. And about public speaking. And I was like, yeah, I've probably done it maybe in a room of 100. And that was kind of it. Like, I couldn't imagine speaking in front of 30,000 people in, like, a stadium. And that's kind of it. When you have a following of what you do now, like, that would fill the MCG. Exactly, yeah. it's it's nuts that you have that much attention on you out of, like... And, say, two years ago, no one was there. Like, it just... It's mind-boggling and for me just even having going from a thousand to a thousand to a thousand it's like I don't even know a thousand people like genuinely in person it's just a weird concept to think okay there's these people here now do I need to say hi to every single one of them and it's impossible you just sort of can't do it but as you said like valuing that person's um, interest in you i think is definitely a big thing and if you can focus on delivering something that is of value which i know you talk a lot about um to that particular individual it might only you might only be focusing on one person out of that you know plethora of people that follow you and that's all that really matters like yeah you're not going to appease everybody and and like i've had comments where people just throw a bit of negativity and you go Okay, man. Like, I didn't have to make this for you. You didn't have to, you know. You didn't exactly. have to like it or anything like that. Don't worry about it, man. Like, it's totally fine. That's um, right. But uh, I think, in terms of, I might go back to Gary V, where we were talking. Uh, I mentioned before, and that we're both pretty into his ideologies. Let's say, um, and I'm assuming that, just given on some of the things that we've talked about. <laughs> but the whole idea of giving everything away for free is that is that where you're kind of at in a in a sense
1: yeah i I believe so i i don't know why it works i just think it's a it's the right move giving away all your secrets is a secret um which is a bit of a quote i put up on my instagram um and that really well (laughs) right there follow it at the right (laughs) perfect um but yeah i just think again, it just comes back to creating value, you know, it's social media, not robot media. Like we need to be, we need to interact with people and the best way to interact with people through social media is by giving away your personal experiences and just, you know, being educational to people, giving people advice, um, especially in the design community where it's very much a learning type of space. You know, people, people just love to hear from other people.
0: Yeah. Oh, I definitely agree with that. Like, I think that's one thing that I always think about that what I've come to learn has been learned from somebody else. So why should I put that behind a paywall where, you know, it's something that you could potentially just Google. Yeah. Um, what you're doing of value is bringing it all into one place into with a voice that is relatable, that people connect with. And, and it builds loyalty as well.
1: Just on that, that too. Loyalty. And over time, that's a lot stronger than that, you know the secret you got from that $50 course online.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, look, and this isn't to say that those th- those particular people or courses or anything don't have their place or books or, or whatever. Um, I think those are, those have their place because they have the opportunity to get that person's attention singled out in that one particular time. So if you yeah. don't want to have to scroll through your, your feed of content and everything, you want to have it all in one place, like that's the kind of idea i have at the back of my mind for let's say g'day design life here where i was searching for a book that i couldn't find that had an australian tone of voice for you know all this different stuff you'd need to know as a business owner and designer to start a business and you know my thoughts were okay i'll write this book and then put it out and it's like well no one knows who the fuck you are you know you may as well just put it out because everything that you've learned is from somebody else and you know at the end of the day if someone connects with you because it's you then great that's Give it, just, you know, fucking give it away. Just yeah. everything away and That's just see it. what happens. And then if everyone, you know, turns around and goes, hey, can I have all that in one place? You go, okay, here's a dish I've served up earlier, you know, up to you if you want to buy it or not kind of thing. That's it. Nice, nice. Um, what's on the horizon then for uh, Pitchproof or yourself? Um I know you've always got a bag of tricks up your sleeve with with <laughs> what you're doing here. Yeah. Um, but is there anything you might want to share, um, or, or you know, give some extra little bit of insight for? Sure, the yeah. Community? So
1: we, so we're definitely going a lot more down the content route with Pitchproof, and doing things like our Front Row Digital Conference, um, for example, a little sneaky um, teaser. To everyone listening so at the start of december we're doing an event called 25 goodies which hasn't been announced live to our um, community yet we've kind of just teased it. it's a little bit of an inside scoop but basically what's happening there is we're for 25 days at the start of december um every single day um you can sign up to our free mailing list and you'll get a design goodie um delivered to your inbox so we've got things like ebooks downloads um exclusive webinars with some design influences which we'll hear more about soon um other things like product discounts we've just got a bundle of awesome stuff that we're working on that we can deliver to um our community um so that's just one of the things um other things that will will probably be on the horizon for um early 2020 and moving forward is another digital conference Um, yeah i was going to ask
0: would you do would you do
1: front row front row again yeah definitely we got a lot of awesome feedback from that um i think we want to make it even greater and better if that means mm-hmm. maybe to get over a couple of days getting more week-long
0: as- front row non <laughs> stop 24 <laughs> seven for a month Do it for no a 365 sleep. day front row no sleep, <laughs> <laughs> no sleep for ryan yeah. no but um, yeah it. just a
1: bunch of different content stuff as well um we've got some cool partners that we're working with at the moment different brands produce some like um series um that we're thinking about doing um, some high quality stuff for youtube and igtv um so yes yeah, there's just a lot on the horizon we've got a new website in the works um so yeah what pitch is now
0: it's going to expand to a lot more um yeah i was yeah. going to ask that so is, is from what what really what we haven't actually covered for for those of the you listening and watching is what pitch proof is if you want to just quickly touch on on what yeah. that product is for everybody
1: Yeah, so Pitchfrew started as a SaaS product, so an online tool for designers to create interactive logo presentations. But ever since we kind of like, I guess, blew up on Instagram and I fell in love with building communities, um, we've kind of pivoted a little bit um, for multiple different reasons. um, And we're we're starting to move a little bit away from that SaaS product and focusing on building digital events and content um, for online because we found that a lot more monetizable um so yeah that's kind of like our origin story and how we h where, where we're progressing
0: pivoting amazing yeah. yeah i mean i think there's there's nothing wrong with pivoting especially when you see what the interest is like if if you think that's what the need is there and then the need shifts and you can change and diversify and all the rest of it kudos man that's that's a very very yeah. clever move um all right that's that's i think wraps it up for us here um awesome. unless you have other knowledge bombs that you want to drop <laughs> in on everybody um so I, think, I think we sorry, Provide, yeah. Value. Yeah. provide value. <laughs> Ryan it, yeah, Heywood, yeah. Provide value. Right Hayward, provide value. No, I love it, dude. Thanks so much for coming on and we might uh, check in with you next time when you're doing Front Row again. That happens in 2020. Awesome. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing that. Hopefully it's not of a t- time zone that I won't be asleep. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, stay in touch and obviously give Ryan a follow on at Proof. That's the Instagram yep. handle, yeah? Yep. And on his personal Instagram, Ryan Haywood. Um, thanks, dude. Yep. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me on. It's been fantastic. No worries. All right, guys. See you in the next episode. This is Two Red Chairs with Frank from G'day Design Life. See ya.